Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Do you believe that this morning, CFA? Do you believe that God cares about the lost? He cares about the hurting. He cares about the broken. Absolutely. Good morning. Uh, Hello and welcome to all of our locations, to Concord, to Online, to Davidson, to Gallery. And I want to give a special shout out to a new group that we're going to have joining us every week. It'll be later on in the week. But we have become fast friends, even more so. We've been been friends for years uh, with Adult and Teen Challenge. But the Lord is weaving these ministries together just more and more. And so Adult and Teen Challenge, I want to give you guys a shout out as you're watching in Kannapolis. Uh, come on, everybody, can we just tell them how much we love them, guys that are, that are there watching. Um, we believe that this word, I just feel so strongly in my spirit that God has a word for you. There is somebody here this morning uh, that feels stuck. You feel stuck. And what God says is that he's going to, um, I don't know this is probably bad grammar or, or wrong English, but he's going he's gonna to unstuck you. <laughs> Tap somebody on the shoulder, tell them you're going to get unstuck this morning. So Genesis chapter 11, Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. But let me back up and just begin by reading some of these theme scriptures for our series, Genesis 128. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. See, what I'm preaching to you is not something that's foreign to you. It may be foreign to your experience, but it's not foreign to your identity. God, God, wove, multiply into your very DNA. And so if you're not moving forward, if you feel stuck, don't worry, it's still in you. Now, there may be things that the enemy is bringing against you. You may feel like you're spinning your wheels. You may feel like like you're still in the same spot, but that's not because that's the way that God designed you. In Isaiah 54, three, it says, enlarge the house, build an addition. And Pastor Steve alluded in the offering earlier uh, in the service to more announcements. Does it seem like we keep getting up here and saying, come back next week because we got more to share with you? Well, come back next week because we have more to share with you. And I know we've launched the Dream Center and I know we've launched Kingdom Builders and we're getting ready to launch another thing, another layer to what God is doing in this whole multiply thing. And I can't wait to share that with you next week. He says, spread out your home and spare no expense for you will soon be bursting at the seams and your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle ruined cities. And then Deuteronomy 1.11, which is our theme verse really for this entire series. Let's all read this together at all of our locations. Let your neighbor hear you loud and clear. Here we go. Deuteronomy 1.11. And may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more and bless you as he promised. So you see, it is God's plan that we multiply. It's God's plan that we grow. It's God's plan always in our lives that we are taking more territory, whether that's in our job or our family or our ministry or in this church as we come together. But 
you see how quickly we go from God's original plan to, well, the opposite of God's plan. Do you, have you found that true in your experience sometimes? Sometimes it doesn't take that I am pumped up, ready to go after preaching the word of God on a weekend experience and see it. Sometimes all it takes is for me to go into the parking lot. And it seems like, you remember the parable that Jesus shared about like the birds that would swoop down and snatch the seed? Has anybody ever had their seeds snatched before they even got in their, in their car to go home? Or, or waiting in the line at a rest? Sometimes you can't make it through Sunday before the enemy has snatched that seed away from you. And suddenly what's in you does not make itself manifest. See, we want to preach a word that's not only excitable on Sunday, that's manifest on Monday. And what I preach to you on Sunday, I want you to begin to see the fruit of. And some of you, that is where you're stuck this morning, is that you're getting an emotional response to the Word of God, but it's not being made manifest on your Monday. And God wants to begin to make this Word manifest in your weekday. Come on, give Him praise for making this Word manifest. And so what God said in the beginning, well... Now let's just flip on over a few chapters. Genesis chapter 11. And not only do we see this word beginning to fade, we see actually they get, they get stuck. In fact, they get so stuck that the same energy and power of God that was for them and behind them now switches and is against them, not because God changed, but because they changed the direction of where they were building. Genesis 1, beginning, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Tower, Tower of Babel. This is a really interesting story. At one time, all of the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. <laughs> now, that's a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even talking when you take your vacation to Europe and have to use Google Translate. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about an outer country experience. I'm talking about just the power of communication around your dinner table. Have you, have, you not, have you noticed that words have changed their meaning through the years? Have you noticed that things that used to mean something five years ago don't mean the same thing? So, so for instance, five years ago, if you said, Pastor Doug, oh, wow. Oh, what, just wow. Like that would mean, Pastor Doug, that was awesome. I agree with what you said. I'm for you. God's doing something amazing in your life. But now, have you noticed that if somebody says, wow, just wow, it means you're an idiot and what came out of your mouth shouldn't even be allowed in the human race. <laughs> so, there's some people that are like, wait, <laughs> thought, my, thought my kid was giving me a compliment. No, lean in, dad. <laughs> When your son says, wow, just wow, and turns and walks away, that's not a compliment. <laughs> I know, and now you're angry, and I just got a junior higher grounded in the room. But, but, but like these words, right, like these words change their meaning. And so at this point before the Tower of Babel, everybody spoke the same language. Amazing. Verse 2, as the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia, and they settled there. 
And they began saying to each other, hey, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used instead of mortar. And then they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches into the sky and let us make a name for ourselves. Do you see where this is going south quickly? And keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down and looked at the city and the tower, the people were the building. And the Lord said, behold, if they're one people and have one language, this is only the beginning of what they're going to do. And nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to stand to to stand, maybe, <laughs> to understand each other. Do you, do you understand now why French was so hard for you as a sophomore in high school? It's God's fault. It's, the Bab it's, the, it's Babel's fault, actually. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. And that is why the city is called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages, and in this way, he scattered them all over over the world. So I want to unstuck you. God wants to unstuck you this morning. And, and so these are, these are three ways that you can get stuck in building, building anything, building a ministry, building a marriage, building, building a family, building a, a, a job, building a career, whatever, whatever it is that you want to build, whatever it is that you want to operate and multiply, this will stop the building process. The first thing is if you use wrong materials, wrong materials. You notice it's, it's just kind of a little, literally, a, a parenthetical phrase in the scripture, but it said, in this region, they used bricks for stone. Bricks for stone. He said, Pastor, what's the, what's the big deal? Some people uh, build out of brick. Some people build out of stone. What's wrong with brick? Well, first of all, I watched Chip and Joanna, and they would tell you that you need to build with shiplap. So, uh, <laughs> so apparently that is the the new in and vogue building material of choice. But breaker stone, what, what does it matter? And so started, I started digging into this a little bit and uh, started diving into to, uh, topography. And I want to give you a little bit of a lesson in the, earth, the earth's surface. And if you have ever put in a fence, you'll know this. If you have ever dug and planted some trees in your yard, anybody put in a fence in their house in the last couple years? Yeah, so, so what do you know about that? You know, you know the, the power of a power auger, right? Anybody dig that by hand with a shovel or anybody dig that by hand with, a, with the old, remember those, I mean, that's a, that's a blister in the first two minutes of, of work, right? But, or, or, or if you planted a tree, I know it's hard to imagine, but there was a time in the Carolinas where we would go three days, sometimes three days at a time without rain. I know, I know, like that. I, I remember a couple of years ago when I was planting a silver maple in my front yard and it was July. I know you probably shouldn't plant a tree uh, in July, but uh, a maple in July in my front yard. But I remember it was, it was like concrete. I was, I was taking things, I was like just trying to dig and then literally I took the, the hose and would fill the hole and wait 24 hours just for that dirt to soften up and I'd dig another six or eight inches and I'd do that all, all over again because, because I was hitting. So there's topsoil and then there's, there's like this sublayer, there's clay and then there's this parent material and then there's, and then there's rock. And if you know what bricks are made of, see, this is why this is important. Bricks are made from clay. 
and clay is located near the surface. And, and so that's fine if you want to build a house out of brick, or that's fine if you want to build some columns or a fence out of brick. But there's more to this verse than, than meets the eye. If you want to build your life, you can't build a life based on what is found at the surface. And I'm just telling you that society is going to tell you, don't dig too deep in your life. Don't dig too. And, and can I even tell you? That this is going to get me in trouble, but it's true, so you might as well get it. Pop Christianity will get you in trouble. And can I just tell you that this pastor feels like there are too many Christian resources that make it too easy for Christians to get, look, I'm happy for your little Bible verse of the day that pops up on your iPhone. I'm glad you're reading that rather than nothing. But if you want to build a life that is going to amount to anything, you got to dig. You got to dig. You can't build a brick Christianity, a brick Christian existence, a brick church. We got to dig into the word of God and get into the stone. You got to dig. Psalm 23 is a great psalm, but there are others. You got to read through books like Leviticus. You got to dig into the word of God. And sometimes there will be a scripture that you don't understand. And instead of just glossing over that scripture, you got to stop. And you got to say, God, I don't understand this, but I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig in a little bit. Holy Spirit, you got to show me. You got to reveal. Do you know that some of the most amazing truth that God wants to show you in your devotional time will be in scriptures that frustrate you? They make you angry. Don't gloss over those things. You've got to dig. The Bible says later on, uh, when God is giving the Israelites the command to build an altar, he says, build, if you want to build something for me, build it out of uncut stone. Uncut stone. That's fine. I get a brick from somebody else's ministry. I get a brick. I get a nugget here. I'll build, I'll build something from that. But the, but the bedrock of your life, the foundation for the things that God wants to really build in your life and in this church, you got to dig for. You got to dig for. Turn to your neighbor. Say dig. Dig. Dig, dig. So wrong materials. The second thing is if we build with wrong motives. We build with wrong motives. So for about a year, God's been messing with me on this one. So I get to mess with you now. <laughs> wrong motives. Here's what I have found. That I can do the right thing for the wrong reason. And that can be frustrating to me. Like the right thing for the wrong reason. Then they said, come let us build for ourselves a city and let us make a name for ourselves or maybe even maybe even make that a little more singular in the pronoun uh, uh, come come let us make let us make a name for myself or let me make a name for myself and I don't know maybe maybe I'm being unfair maybe the the media just emphasizes this side of it a little bit uh, more perhaps this has been around for years but sports fans in the house don't you feel like that could almost be the theme scripture for professional sports like Come, let me make a name for myself. Doesn't it, doesn't it feel like you hear more and more stories about individuals that are playing for the name on the back of the jersey more than they're playing for the name on the front of the jersey? Like, like it's, it's all about the next contract or it's all about the personal instead, instead of this idea of, of team. And I just, 
I guess I'm a little bit old school when my, my when I watch sports is I love watching I love watching the guys and the gals that may not be the leading scorer but that do the little things. Like um, uh, I was at the the CFA Academy basketball games yesterday, and so little shout. By the way, we love all of our. Uh, public schools and home schools in this area, love them, but CFA Academy, uh, both your boy eagles and your girl eagles won the MAC conference in first round of the states yesterday, so shout out to them. But one of the, one of the things that I love uh, about that game yesterday is Mr. Mr. C is, man, what a team. Like what a picture of a team, like people that weren't afraid to die for a loose ball, to set a pick, to get a rebound, hello? Like everybody, Hint here, coaches, if everybody on your team has to be the one that scores, how many of you know that team isn't going far? Like you may have a lot of talent out there, but your team isn't going to go far. You need people that are willing to chip in and play together as an entire unit for the advancement and not care about making a name for themselves. Then they said, come let us build for ourselves a city and let us make a name for ourselves. Uh, how, many, how many of you have your limits when it comes to sharing? It's, it's okay. This is, you, can, you can admit that. You can admit this. I know the pastor's setting me up and then he's going to yell at me for not sharing. No, I'm not, I'm not going to. Like, come on. You, you had limits. You had limits to sharing. When you were a kid uh, and somebody asked to borrow your book, you may have been fine with letting them borrow your book, but don't ask you about your crayons because you wanted your crayons to have pointy tips. And I'm not trying to color with little stubby green crayon that you broke over. No, I'm not gonna, like, here's my book, but don't take, you're not borrowing my crayon. Come on, you had, li you had limits to your, sh you have limits to your sharing now. When, when you went out for Valentine's Day and the person beside you reached across and tried to take something off of your plate and you're thinking through a smile and gritted teeth, you had the same opportunity to order the thing that I ordered and you did not choose that. So why are you trying? Come on, come on, be honest with me. You have, li you have limits. You have limits to your sharing. Or when you sit down on an airplane, you do three things. You put your bag in there, you put your seatbelt on, and you establish the armrest territory. I'm making, some of you are making enemies with your neighbor right now. I've been trying to share this armrest with you in service. I've been trying to be a good Christian, but there are, there are limits. Come on, how many have limits to your sharing? Don't drink after me. Don't eat at, what, whatever your limits are, we all have limits. This sounds crazy to say, but God has limits. God has, did you know that about God? God has limits to his sharing. God, the, God who is love, God who will share overly and abundantly more. So on one side, God shares more than you think he wants to share. God wants to share his power with you. God wants to share his forgiveness with you. God wants to share his mercy and his grace with you. God wants to share his life with you. God wants to share his, 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 his son with you. God wants to share the Holy Spirit with you. But God, hear me, church, God has his limits. God will not share his glory with anybody. And so the moment that you step in and say, this is about me, 
this is about my name, this is about my ministry. If you want to assure that God will no longer work for you, he will work against you, give yourself glory and don't give God glory. Thankfully, this is a church that gives God the glory. And I think it would be wise to take about 10 seconds at all of our locations and go ahead and just give him glory. Come on, lift up his name, lift him up, begin to give him glory for everything in your life, in your situation, in your family, in your ministry. Give him the glory. It's one way to ensure that you'll give, listen to this, here's, here's, this will help somebody. The way to ensure that you will give God the glory uh, after your prayer is answers, answered is to give him the glory before it's answered. Go ahead, go ahead and give him the glory like those kids are serving Jesus. Go ahead and give him the glory like you've already got that promotion. Go ahead and give him the glory like he already put your marriage back together. And so you got wrong materials, that'll stop the building. You got a wrong motive, that'll stop the building. And then finally is the wrong direction. Wrong direction. They, they started to build up instead of out. They started to build up instead of out. So remember what was God's original command? Be fruitful and multiply. Go and fill the earth. But watch what happens. They make a series of conscience decisions and statements that are against the very blessing and the movement that God wants to do in and through them. And so they say, uh, we're going to build a tower with its top in the heavens. Well, what, what good is that? How does that benefit anybody? Uh, in other words, what they were saying is, we're just going to build something for us. We're just going to build something for, if, you wanna, if we want to stop the growth of CFA Church in our communities, we can say, hey, let's just build something for us. Let's just build, and then we can say, and then we can say uh, what they said in verse two. It says they found a plain and they settled there. It was never God's plan for you to settle for anything. Second statement then is, if you want to ensure that you're not going to multiply, just say, I'm, I'm going to settle in and be comfortable. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take a little bit of time off. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna rest. I mean, I I spent some years in ministry. I'm just gonna kind of step back. I'm just gonna settle in and be comfortable. And then the final thing that they say is to keep us from being scattered all over the world, and and, and to say something like, I don't want to grow anymore. And, and I'm not. I'm not being critical or, or condemning, but there's, it just feels like there's a lot of churches that that's what they're built on. They're built on, hey, just we want to build something for us, or we're just going to settle in and be comfortable. And that's not how, I don't believe that that's how any church was founded, but just sometimes with time, it gets that way, or to say, well, I, I don't want to grow anymore. We have, we got enough people at, at our church. The parking lot's already too full. It takes me too long to get out of the parking lot. We really, Pastor, do we really need another service? Do we really need another campus? Why do you waste all the time in the morning welcoming locations? Do we really need more buildings? More buildings just complicates things. Why are we, why are we doing all this? But CFA, we have, ne we have never been in our history. We've never been a settled church. If you want to settle, you're in the wrong place. We have always been a multiply church. We've always been a grow church. We've always been a let's go take more territory church. 
So several weeks ago, I was walking through our cafeteria here at the Concord campus, and I was just saying hello to some people, and I, I walked by a table, and uh, Mr. Tom Clark, Colonel Tom Clark, said something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the true story. I'm going to alter it just a little bit. He said something like, like hey, Pastor, do you, know, do you know anything about plywood? Do you know how plywood is made? And you know, I said, well, of course I do. It comes from the plywood tree. these rectangle trees they just cut them down and slice them and then they build my house I don't <laughs> no I don't know anything about plywood <laughs> so he started he started walking me through a little bit about plywood and then I started researching it. this like this whole process is fascinating do you know how plywood is made this, so, what, so what they do is they, they cut the trees and then they take the trees to the lumber yard and then they actually soak them in water and so they'll put them, in, put them in water for a while and they'll, they'll take the tree out and then they'll uh, put the tree upright on basically a giant pencil sharpener is kind of what it is. And they'll spin the tree around and they will cut, they will begin to shave uh, the veneer of this tree and make this long sheet of, of wood. And so then, then what they do is you can see the cross section there of the, of the plywood is what they do with these sheets is they take them and they, they layer them. But one of the things, and this is what, this is what uh, 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 Tom told me on that Wednesday night, is he said, so pastor, if you go uh, karate kid on a piece of wood, like if you take that block of wood and you're doing a, some sort of karate demonstration and you split that wood and I thought, uh, you know, wouldn't that be awesome on a Sunday morning? And then thought, you know, no, that, I don't want them to think too highly of their pastor, so I'm not going <laughs> to even attempt that. But if you, if you go through a piece of wood, he said, Pastor, do you know what they, they do? They, they are splitting that uh, with the grain. With the grain, because with the grain is actually weaker. So what, what they do is they take the first sheet and the grain will lie like one way and then they'll take the second sheet and they'll cross the grain. I started thinking about that and I started thinking about in my life how much the desire of my heart is for every other human being on this planet to agree with me. And maybe, maybe you're like that too. Like maybe, maybe you wish that everybody in your household agreed with you. Like they wanted to go on vacation to the same place that you want to go to. And they want to go eat after service at the same place that you want to go eat. And, and would, I mean, wouldn't that make life a whole lot easier if just everybody agreed with everything, like all of our decisions? But, but actually, actually that would make us weaker. Actually, what makes you stronger is that sometimes things in your life need to go against the grain. In fact, it may be this morning the very person at your workplace or your school that is disagreeing with you that God is using that individual in your life to make you stronger. It may be the situation that's rubbing you the wrong way, that's going against what you really want. Because if you're like me, you have strong opinions and, and I want what I want. But it may be that God is using that thing to say as long as we are together on the central issue of Jesus Christ, that sometimes even Christians can disagree. But if we disagree in a way that is agreeable, we will be stronger together. 
And then, and then the next step in this, in this plywood making process as they layer these veneers together is basically it's heat and pressure. It's heat and pressure because it won't stick together until, until they take that glue and heat that, heat that glue up and then press it together. And again, it's the same thing sometimes in our lives. Sometimes the thing that we, that we don't want to go through, the situation where it feels like the heat is being turned up, the situation that you're walking through right now where you feel the most pressure, do you know that God can actually use that in your life to build you, to make you stronger you're not going through you are not walking through what you're walking through right now for no reason God will use that I'm not saying God caused it it may be the enemy it may be your decision it may be somebody else but God can use all of these things to build us and so uh, then as as Tom was talking me through this process he says and that's and that's the name I just kind of looked at him and he said, yeah, he said, that's the name. He said, he said, it's ply, plywood, because each of these, each of these layers is a ply. And so, pastor, what you have is, is multiple plies of wood. He said, pastor, what you have, some of you are tracking, you're a lot faster than I was in the moment. He said, pastor, what you have is multi ply wood, multiply wood. What you have is plywood that is multiple plies. And so if you want to multiply in your life, you need these layers, you need these things. And can I encourage somebody this morning? God is building you. God is building you. I know you feel stuck, but God is building your marriage. I know you feel stuck, dad, but God is building your kids. I know you feel stuck at your job. I know you feel stuck applying for college, young adult. I know some of you feel stuck in an addiction, but if you will allow him, God will build you through this entire process. So I just want to finish with this scripture and a declaration over the house this morning. Verse 6 says this then, and God and the Lord said, behold, they are, they are one people. Say one people. And they all have one language. Say one language. And then, and then I love this. So those, those are the conditions. One people, one language. One people, one language. And then these are the results. First result is this. See, it's interesting that God, God takes what ultimately was a negative situation, but he turns around and uses it for, for good to teach us here. So he says, these are the results. Number one, this is only the beginning. This is just the beginning of what they'll do. If they're one people with one language, this is just the beginning of what they'll do. And then he says this, and nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. Now think about this. If humanity has that power to multiply in us, number one, this was before Jesus, before uh, Jesus to the earth and his death and resurrection on the cross. So this is before we have the resurrected power of the living Christ in us. Number two, it was before we had the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit for all of us. And God said that kind of multiply possibility lied within humanity even when they were using it for a purpose that was contrary to the will of God. So that's why God says, I've got to scatter you because if God didn't scatter them, apparently this was possible. 
This was possible. Now watch this. What was scattered in Genesis chapter 11 was brought back together in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, which was the birthday of the church, in Acts chapter 2, which was Pentecost, the Bible says that they all began to speak with other tongues and they heard each, they each heard the gospel being preached in their own language. So in Genesis chapter 11, you had people being scattered. In Acts chapter 2, you have people coming back together. In Genesis chapter 11, you have confusion resulting from languages. In Acts chapter 2, you have unity resulting from languages. The difference is that was the church, the people of God. So so you got to catch this. You got to watch this. If all of this building were possible in Genesis by people who had wrong motives and were going against God, what can the church build? What can, what can the church build? If we have these three things, number one, if we have the right motives, if our motives and we declare and decree this morning that our motives, that every building that we build, that every service that we do, that every campus we start will not be done for the name of a ministry or for a church, but this will be done for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ to reach lost people. That's why we're doing all of this. The right motive. And then we're one people, we're one people. We have different expressions, differences of opinion, but we have the same DNA, the same DNA. You say, well, pastor, what's the DNA? Here's the DNA of the house. It's that we love Jesus and change the world. The DNA of the house is that we exist to help people find life, to find freedom, to find family and to find purpose. And that's the DNA. And if we can have the right motive, God gets the glory, the loss gets reached, and we're gonna do it that way. We're gonna love Jesus and change the world. And we want not just part of the gospel, we want all of the gospel. We don't want just people to, to be people just to be saved. We want them to be set free from their past because you've got to get rid of your yesterdays before you're able to seize your tomorrows. And we want people not just to be free, we want them to have friends. And, and to find their tribe. And we want people not just to have friends, we want people to begin to step into, into their purpose. And then the final ingredient, according to the word of God, is, is the word for the house, one language, one language. And that's why it's so important that we sit under the teaching and the preaching of the word of God. Not because you got somebody that's the best preacher in all the world, but just because as there's, do you see what happens here? One people with the DNA of the house, as they all sit under the same word for the house, then the Bible says these two things, that this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning, but pastor, we've had 60 years of, of amazing ministry. I know, and this has only been the beginning. But pastor, we've been, we've been announcing new things, it seems like, for the, last, for the last season. I know, and this is just the beginning. And then God says, and nothing will be impossible for them, that there is no weapon that is formed against you that will prosper. The Bible says that God will build his 
church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So when you are part of God's church, you are part of the very vehicle that the enemy cannot destroy at all of our locations. If that's your declaration this morning, pastor, we're gonna, I'm in for the right motives. I'm in for being one people. I'm in for being one language. And I am in that this is just the beginning and that and that nothing will be impossible for us. Just as a, a declaration, would everybody at all of our locations stand to your feet today? And then can we do one more thing? Once again, can we just take a moment and begin to take 15 seconds and lift a hand or put your hands together and just say glory to God, all glory to God, all honor to God, all praise to God. Father, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise and power and dominion and majesty and might. Come on, let's put our hands together, CFA, and let's celebrate and let's give him the glory for all the things that he is doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.